0: This is a Federal News Network podcast. Agencies and vendors had little time to prepare for the widespread ban on Chinese telecommunications products from companies like ZTE and Huawei. It went into effect August 13th. While contractors knew the federal acquisition regulation change was in the works for the better part of a year, they say their input and insight into the government's plans was limited. In his weekly feature, The Reporter's Notebook, executive editor Jason Miller writes about why several industry associations representing hundreds of contractors agree with the spirit and intent of the interim final rule, but believe some adjustments are necessary to truly protect the federal supply chain. Jason joins me now in studio with more. And Jason, let's start with the beginning. Why the Federal Acquisition Regulation, the FAR rule, calls for agencies? What does it ask them to do and why? Why?
1: This tags back to the 2019 Defense Authorization Bill. Again, that's why we say the agencies and vendors knew it was coming. And basically what Congress told you know the administration to do is, is write a rule that basically bans ZTE, Huawei, and other similar Chinese companies from having telecommunications and video surveillance equipment in the federal supply chain. Now, what the FAR Council ended up doing is telling vendors and agencies, beginning on August 13th, any – Existing RFPs and existing solicitations, any future solicitations must include a line that says no telecommunications products, no IT products from these companies. And at the same time, vendors have to certify in some way that they don't have any of ZTE, Huawei and similar products in their supply chain and not just their immediate supply chain, but their entire supply chain. So we're talking about tier one, tier two, tier three subcontractors as well. And, And that's the that's at the heart of this issue is it went into effect immediately. This was an interim, interim final rule, which means that there was not like a proposed rule, Tom, where people can comment and then they change it and then it comes out as a final rule. This is final now. Now, again, it's not final final, but it's it's it effective immediately.
0: It strikes me this could really affect a lot of things. I'm thinking, say, of EIS, the big GSA services vehicle. And suppose some of the telecom vendors are on EIS and they're providing services. They may use these companies in their own infrastructure, which in effect could be argued that's part of the federal supply chain.
1: You're, you're absolutely right. The fact is that vendors, whether it's EIS or anybody else, have got to look at their entire supply chain and see where it hits. And you may say, well, I don't do telecom or I don't do video surveillance. However, you do networking and Huawei and ZTE make networking products that communicate with the, you know, open internet and therefore that could be in your network, could be in your supply chain. And it may not even be the prime contractor. You know, if a prime contractor says, "Well, I do help desk services. I provide people, you know, the old butts and seats." Well, but how do those people communicate back to another subcontractor who provides the manual that you read from or the technical writing? Oh, well, they have Huawei in their supply chain because they're using the internet to communicate with your call center folks. So it's that deep and that intricate that that's why I think so many vendors and associations are saying, "Okay, but we need to look into this further.
0: And do you feel this one is deeper and more consequential, say, than the Kaspersky software ban of uh, last year?
1: I asked that same question of the industry associations. And I talked to several, you know, Coalition for Government Procurement. I talked to Professional Services Council. I talked to the National Defense Industrial Association. And I even asked some others... And basically what I was told was Kaspersky is much less – it was much less inside the, the, the vendors and the agency's networks. And second, there was a long lead time to say you must get rid of Kaspersky lab products by a date. They had six months or nine months, whatever it was. Here, this is immediate. Get it out now and, and then also not only get it out now, Tom, but certify that you've gotten it out which to do something immediately and certify it down all levels of supply chain, that's the burden that these industry associations are worried about.
0: We're speaking with Federal News Network's executive editor, Jason Miller. So they, as you say, they agree with the intent of what's trying to happen here. Their concern is that there's no time given. And also there could be some real interruptions in in contracting and in services, I imagine.
1: It's the time and it's the lack of clarity. So for instance, if you are a vendor who says, okay, I did the best I can to get Huawei ZT other products out of my supply chain, and then if found out that your tier three supplier has some, but you've certified, you've represented to the government that I took it out or it's not in my supply chain, are you then liable for False Claims Act? That's not addressed in this in this in the interim final rule, and it's also the other piece of this. Tom is is okay. I knew it was coming, but I had no glimpse. There's no notice of proposed rulemaking. There was no early, okay, how do I get this process started? All of a sudden, it's got to go now, and I haven't had time to build up to be prepared to make these changes in my supply chain. And as people told me, again, these these multiple associations, this is a pretty big disruption to the supply chain because of how how far it goes down into the supply chain.
0: And it's also a burden on the government itself, too, I imagine.
1: Exactly, because when, when the government says, okay, I'm going to buy this product, Maybe they can't find vendors who can certify to say, oh, yeah, we're good to go. We don't have any Huawei or ZTE. At the same time, they have to now add it to ongoing procurement. So they have to do a modification. And it's not just one procurement. Well, if I'm only buying telecom or video surveillance, it's any really technology procurement that has to be modified now. uh, And and then any new option year as well. So again, the burden is on both contractors and agencies.
0: And can they still comment as? As you mentioned, it's an interim final rule.
1: They can still comment. They haven't to October fifteenth to submit comments. And I think I talked to Tom Sisty over at the Coalition for Government Procurement, and he actually believes that the that the comments may actually influence or push agencies, the FAR Council, to make changes to interim final rule. Where he's not sure, but I think there's a lot of a lot of the associations I spoke with, NDIA and uh, PSC, who have said. Good intent, good spirit, but changes need to be made, and and they're going to obviously, I think, suggest some changes.
0: And this rule might be a little different in the sense that it probably originated in the administration somewhere at the political level because it's tied in with cybersecurity. It's tied in with the trade issues with China. There's a lot of origins to this type of rule, yet it comes through the FAR Council. So if they want to influence someone or try to lobby and get beyond just commenting on a rule, who do they talk to?
1: I think the best place is the Office of Federal Procurement Policy to start with, at least, and then also the members of the FAR Council, which includes GSA, DOD, and NASA – Interestingly enough, the OFPP has a new administrator, Dr. Michael Wooten. He's been there for probably about two weeks now. So I'm sure he is getting an earful already on this one rule. Like, hey, welcome to the job. Here, deal with this. Uh, uh, there's a lot of people in industry not happy.
0: Yeah, because he'll understand that these aren't abstractions. When they change something as arcane as the FAR, it has real consequences on government and industry.
1: It doesn't. It has a actually has a great trickle-down effect because this rule for Huawei and ZTE, how does that affect now – the federal e marketplace initiative, what they commonly know as Section 846, and this is something the Coalition for Government Procurement brought up to me, is there are two kind of contradictory things here. We want open, we want easy, we want simplification with the e marketplace initiative, but now you have this other rule that says, hold on, if you're going to buy these products, they have to be secure, and they, and this goes down to the micro purchase threshold and uh, simplified acquisition threshold and all commercial items. So. There's a lot, again, a lot of questions have now been raised because the rule didn't give industry a lot of time to look into it and understand it and offer some feedback.
0: Federal News Network's Jason Miller, thanks so much. My pleasure, Tom. Be sure to check out his notebook now online at federalnewsnetwork.com.